listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Brand new episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It is Anthony and Aurora back talking Luke Cage Season 2 on Netflix. And we are close to the end, Aurora. Yeah. And that means things start rolling. It, it took a lot of willpower not to watch the next episode after this, too. <laughs> it did. It did. And... uh. Well, there's some stuff I'm going to talk about with with episode nine. Let's let's hop right into episode mm-hmm. nine because I do have a couple of things to say. It, for me, this was a tale of two episodes for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know this podcast is literally a tale of two episodes, but <laughs> this one episode was a tale of two episodes for me. Yes, uh, yes. Season two, episode nine, called "For Pete's Sake." Uh, let's talk about what happened. Misty gets uh, Luke, Lucas which is his dad, uh, Mariah, and Mariah's... God, what is Mariah's daughter's name? I, uh. They always <laughs> list her here. They always list her here as... Because for the sake of brevity on Wikipedia, they list everybody by their last name. Knight gets Cage, Lucas, Dillard, and Johnson. But I don't want to say Johnson. Mm. It's Mariah's daughter. But I, I can't... I did this the whole last episode, too. Referred to her as Mariah's daughter. Tilda? Tilda, is it Tilda? Uh... Oh boy! <laughs> Did not do our homework. We. I think it is. I think it is. It's Tilda. Okay, Tilda. I'll remember that. Hopefully, <laughs> going forward. Um, they bring her into an unfinished building belonging to Rand Enterprises to hide out from Bushmaster and his gang, where Mariah agrees to testify against Bushmaster in exchange for immunity. Misty and Luke are against this, but agree that they can only fight one at a time. Misty returns to the precinct, where Deputy Chief Priscilla Ridley is now in command. Luke tells Tilda that Mariah murdered their cousin, Cornell. Mm -hmm. And Mariah admits to this when Tilda confronts her. So, Mariah explains that... Cornell was taunting her about how she had been raped as a girl by their uncle Pete and reveals that this was how Tilda was conceived mm-hmm. and why Mariah doesn't really love her that much. That was rough. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, with Bushmaster putting up a large bounty for Mariah, Tyler tips him off to the group's location. That would be the officer. Tyler. Uh, There, Luke is able to defeat Bushmaster. Mariah escapes and reunites with Shades, who has captured Bushmaster's uncle, Paul. 
and uh, Bushmaster also escapes by setting off a grenade in the police van and then forcing Tilda to heal him. Luke now begins to reconcile with his father. So what did you think of episode nine, Aurora? This was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And just be- just based on the acting mm-hmm. in this episode, it was just that whole scene with Tilda and Mariah was amazing. Yeah. And it, you know, it was just uh, the two of them just having a conversation and Mariah just telling her what happened. But I was at the edge of my seat. Yeah. They, it was amazing. I agree. The uh, For me, like I said, this was a tale of two episodes for me. It was that moment between mm-hmm. Mariah and her daughter Tilda when this whole revelation comes out. Like, we know about the thing with her and Cornell, but we didn't know that this girl is the result of that whole mess. Right. And <laughs> she's just like, this is why I don't love you. And it's like, oh my god, Jesus! Yeah. It was it was heavy, but for me, like that's when the episode picked up. After that, like Bushmaster gets tipped off and he finds them, and there's this big fight at the end. Like all of this stuff happens, but before that, I'm not gonna lie, I was getting a little drowsy watching the episode. Okay, okay. I it was I was watching it a little late at night. Uh, this is when. Because as we record this, we're recording it on a Monday. Normally we record this on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I had some other stuff to do in the morning. I did not have time to watch it. So I was watching this. I started watching it at like midnight. Mm. So not a good time to start watching. Luckily for me, like the second half, like from that, it wasn't even the second half. That was like the last quarter of the episode. Like it really brought me back into it. And the action brought me back up. And then I was fine from that and through the the next episode. But before that, it was just, it felt like there was, it almost felt like a bottle episode where they were all in that one place and they just sat there and they mostly kind of just talked to each other about what's going on Mm -hmm. and what we're going to do next. And that was a lot of the episode. I don't know. I loved it. I loved every every conversation. Um, I loved Tilda's conversation with Luke's father as well. Yeah, I have um, zero memory of this. <laughs> like she healed his hand, mm. and uh, they were, you know, talking about you know how great she is, and she was, you know, telling her the story, telling him the story about why she became a doctor, mm. um, and she was re- referencing her father. And then later in the episode, we find this whole thing out that he wasn't her father and, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I like the setup. I liked when Mariah was talking to Luke's father as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I really like I really liked this episode just because I thought it was great, great acting. Would you recommend that I go back and at some point and and like revisit it then? I do because I okay. I see what you're saying. Um, maybe because you know you were tired. Maybe you weren't like really invested in what they were saying. I was not ready for <laughs> a sit down and a chat. Like <laughs> you know, I, like eventually they didn't do that. Eventually there was this big huge revelation with tremendous performances, and then there was a nice big fight scene at right. the end that recaptured my attention. Uh, but yeah, prior to that. Uh, I was dozing off and and may have dozed off. One of those things where like you fall asleep, but you don't realize you did. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, it could have been one of those things. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I, I'm going to, I guess then give this a, because prov- I, I do have a score for it, but I'm going to give it a provisional score of, of three and a quarter because I, that's what it originally was. But it sounds like, and I trust your opinion, Aurora, that <laughs> this may have been better than my brain remembered at the time. <laughs> I mean, that whole scene when, you know, I know that by the end there was a, you know, like, it was more exciting. Um, but I think Mariah, it, was, it was loud, I think is what helped. It was also loud, yeah. But Mariah with the gun, and she's just walking and shooting, and she's like, kiss my, kiss my black ass. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. and There's a moment like this in the next episode that had me laughing my ass off. But we'll talk about <laughs> it when we get and uh, when, I don't know what... Lukash through through the uh, through the window, but that whole scene was also amazing. Yeah. I loved every second of it. I like that at the beginning. By the way, there was a funny moment right near the beginning when they get to the Rand building, and Mariah's like, "Can't you just smash through it, the door?" And he's like, "What? I've, I've got the password. Just wait a second. <laughs> right, like right. he isn't going to just smash through it just because he can." <laughs> That's the dichotomy between these two. Mariah would have just been, fuck the password, just smash, punch of the door. Yeah. Uh, but Luke's like, why Why bother? Why Why break all these doors? I know the password. Just give me a second. I'll punch it yep. in. Yeah. And, and one more thing I want to say about this episode is that, I mean, throughout the you know first season of Location of this, mm. we've seen Mariah as someone that's um, corrupt. Um, and she is, you know, played as a villain, yeah. but not really. I don't know how to explain it. It's, you know, she's a bad influence in Harlem and the things that she does, but she was also kind of trying to do good things. Um, yes. so it, it was difficult for me to see her as a like pure evil villain. Um, but I feel like this episode set it up so that she's now a villain. Yeah, she's kind of like a, not exactly a fallen hero, because she wasn't a hero to begin with, but she was like a, had the potential to be one and and fell. It's like, it's, it's rare that you see this happen because she's, um, grew up in a broken home, essentially, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was raised by relatives who were, um, shady people at best. Right. But because of her pride, she chooses to look at what they did as entrepreneurial and powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they were providing for themselves and, uh, you know, they were making a living and putting a roof over their heads. Uh, but, you know, so she has this background. She's a victim of sexual assault, rape. Right. And usually really want to sympathize with those people and it's rare that you see somebody like that be put in a position where they end up becoming a like they take those things that happen to them and instead of trying to turn it into you know turn it against the darkness it's almost like she uses it to embrace it right by the, by the end of all of this right right uh, and especially in the next episode yeah. Really embraces it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what would you give for Pete's sake? I um, I gave it a 4.5. I really liked it. Okay, so that definitely tells... Like, the scores are very different. So it tells <laughs> me maybe I should go back and give it another look. And and, and I will at some point. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll end up... 
going back and rewatching these shows again uh, and giving it another giving it another shot. Maybe uh, if they end up doing another Defender series, yeah, uh, or something, I'll I'll do like a, a rewatch to to gear up for it. Uh, before we talk about the next episode. A big thank you to Adam Tickets, the sponsor for this week's episode. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Tickets or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. There are no Marvel movies currently upcoming. I mean, I think Ant-Man and the Wasp is still in theaters, so if you can find it somewhere, go see it. Otherwise, there's no ties to any other movies and this podcast. So, moving on. <laughs> uh... Episode 10, The Main Ingredient. Uh, let's talk about this episode, because a bunch happens yeah. in this episode. A ton. At the request of Claire, Danny Rand, the immortal Iron Fist, who defends the rest of Manhattan, uh, as said name, uh, meets up with Luke at the barber shop and insists on helping him find Bushmaster. Realizing that he would need to be healed following his escape from the police, they begin searching for Tilda, but they do not find her at her shop or at Harlem's Paradise. Working with a tip from Turk, who is now <laughs> working in his cousin's bong shop, I guess? <laughs> They, there's so much to talk about in this episode. They investigate <laughs> an abandoned warehouse where the Jamaicans are attempting to grow more nightshade, but it requires the conditions of Jamaica. Cage and Rand fight their way through the men there, destroy the lab when they do not find Tilda or Bushmaster. Misty and Ridley discover Tyler's betrayal and arrest her. Not before Misty says one of the best all-time lines in any of these shows. God, what does she say? She, like, knocks her down, and then she's like, get your ass up and take this beating or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I laughed exactly so <laughs> hard. Like, she knocks her out with, like, her metal hand or something, and she's yes. laying there like, ugh. And Misty's not done. And she no. just says, get up and take this ass kicking. She's ready to go. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> uh, because Piranha was tortured before giving Mariah's money and assets to Bushmaster, these are legally returned to Mariah, and she reclaims Harlem's paradise. At which point, she now embraces her Stokes heritage. She has everyone at the Jamaican restaurant murdered, and then burns Paul uh, alive to send a message to Bushmaster. And even Shades seems unsettled by yep. her new behavior. Mm-hmm. What did you think of episode 10, Aurora? There is a lot to digest in this episode. There is a lot now. <laughs> There's a lot of things I liked about this episode. Um, but I don't know if you felt the same way, but this episode felt uh, different mm -hmm. to me in the way that it was shot. Um, the dialogue... Um, it didn't feel like it was watching a Luke Cage episode. It felt like it was watching an Iron Fist mm -hmm. episode, which I didn't like. Okay. Um, I felt like there's worse, there was, including Luke Cage acting in this episode, I felt everything was very forced. Okay. And I don't know why I felt that way, but I don't know, maybe it's because I dislike <laughs> Danny Rand. Right. 
Uh, but I don't think that was it because there were some things that happened in this in this episode that I liked that, you know, were scenes with Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It just felt different right. uh, from the other episodes that we've seen this season. It, um, did, it did feel different. Uh, yeah. For me, it it's because the chemistry that Iron Fist and Luke Cage have as a team Mm-hmm. Like in the comics, their chemistry is more um, easygoing. They're more like best buds who, uh, you know, kind of joke with each other, and it's it's a more laid back attitude, which right. they they brought to this, and it did feel a little out of place. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like they. So I wasn't exactly sure what to expect because I I had read and heard from other people that they change um, Danny Rand. Danny Rand is handled differently. Differently. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. exactly sure what form that was going to take. Like, is it completely different? As it turns out, at least to me, they made um, what to me felt like minor adjustments that made him work a lot better. Yeah. He mm-hmm. did not he did not feel like everything like everything like in his delivery um how the fight scenes played out all of those things it felt tweaked a little bit to make him seem a lot more likable. To me yeah. it, to me it worked. I did not find him annoying or Yeah, I mean they they made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to be defined by his money, which is what defined him in his season. Yes. But, and he, they kept saying, you know, he kept saying, you know, you know, money is not everything. And, um, you know, I don't even use the money that I earn. I don't live of it. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. on the which other is, side, which is obvious like, if you look at his clothes and whatnot. Right. <laughs> right. And he bought, he Park. bought that warehouse that they burnt. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they, uh, so. I mean, I mean, yes, like that's a, like that's a, a trait that they started introducing. It wasn't like he was, it wasn't like he was Mr. Moneybags in those mm-hmm. other, uh, in Iron Fist either. But, um, I, for me, I don't know, for me, a lot of it was just what he said and how he said it that made him seem more relatable and less annoying or, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he, I could totally see how people found his character very annoying in right. his season and his show and in the defenders and he didn't quite feel like the same person there and hilariously enough i didn't think they'd do this but they did luke literally mentions it he's like <laughs> it's like you've changed or something yes. like when they're walking down the street i mean everything is great like dw has like new luke cage merchandise and some <laughs> of it says sweet christmas on it mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the whole episode danny rand is wearing a sweet christmas Hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, some of the fight scenes were great. I the... mean, that fight scene, fight scene in the warehouse was amazing. Oh, they do the patty cake. Oh, yeah. And he... I, I mean, can we t- just talk about the fact that the lighting, like the purple light mm-hmm. in that warehouse, made everything look so amazing. Yeah. Um, I it just I loved I loved the the music in that scene. I loved the the scene. I loved the fighting. I loved everything about that scene it was yeah. amazing i mean iron fist just 
punched Luke Cage's hand and it sent a shockwave yes. that like knocked everybody over. Amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh that was a ton of fun. The scene where um, they had some they had some good moments together too that weren't comedic. Like mm-hmm. he takes he takes Luke to this place where he's he understands that the reason Claire sent him isn't because Luke needs help with Bushmaster. It's because Luke needs help with Luke. Right. And he won't be able to beat Bushmaster as long as he's... And I think Danny mentioned this. You're not going to be able to beat this guy as long as you're fighting yourself at the same time. And Danny wants to try to balance him. Uh, you know, help him find uh, find his... In, like, an internal balance to help him mm-hmm. get there. And he tells them, like, the fight in the warehouse. He's like, I saw it. He's like, you were there. You were moving effortlessly. And it wasn't... You, you weren't taking people out with anger and you know, wild rage or whatever you centered yourself and you can, you know, you can do it. You can find yourself in there. And it's, so there's stuff like that, but then there's stuff like going to see Turk. (laughs) And that was so much fun. Like Danny holds up, Danny holds up a pipe or whatever. He's like, I like this one. And it's a dragon. (laughs) That was, that was so fun. But I love that after that scene, Luke says like, he's like, do you smoke? Smoke? And they never, they never address it. They, no, they he never not. answers. He, they, he just says, like, do you smoke? Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, so there's there would be, like, a lot of times in the first season of Iron Fist where they would constantly, they would call back to Danny Rand, the flight with his parents, like, all of this stuff. And none of those things seemed, they, I don't think they ever created a, you know, you could understand where his character was coming from. Right. Uh, having gone through that experience, but they never created like a relatable moment mm-hmm. out of it. And I, I think they did one here because he's yeah. talking. It's like they have this talk about the chronic, the album, not weed, presumably. Um, <laughs> and Luke Cage is like, what do you know about that? And he's like, it's the last, he's like, it's the last CD we bought from tower records before we went on the, the flight or whatever. And like, that's a connectable thing. Like, yep. People our age remember going to not maybe not Tower Records, but you know a place somewhere that sold physical media music mm-hmm. and buying them. And people can relate to like the last thing you did before you know the last time you saw somebody you loved. You remember the last thing you did together, uh, that sort of thing. So I think they handled him much better. The episode did feel didn't quite feel like a Luke Cage episode. You're right; it did feel melded a little You're bit, right. but. On the other hand, like if this is a sign of like how Iron Fist might work, then there's I'm, some hope. <laughs> I'm there's there's some hope, and I also like he had this message about like how he's not alone. That he, he even mentioned Jessica. He's like, we've got your back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was all good. Uh, let's talk about Mariah. Oof, she had a turn. Yeah, in this episode. <laughs> She went full Stokes. Uh, do you think when they went to that Jamaican restaurant that the plan was to kill everybody? No, no. Because it does not feel like that No, because Shades even says to her, this is not what we planned. Right. Yeah. Um, what What do you make of the going full maniacal villain? Because she just... It, I, I felt It felt to me like once the ball started rolling in that way, she's just like, I'm just going to... I'm just going to take it and run. I mean, it was rough to watch. I, that was very, very gruesome. Um, 
Yeah, burning and that I, man alive with rum. With rum, yeah, and everybody is dead. Is that, like, is, I, is that like her version of like they killed Piranha by putting his head in a tank of piranhas? Like we're gonna kill this Jamaican guy by burning him alive with rum, the yeah. most Jamaican y drink or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I that mean, but it was it was the rum that you know he her father and that the uh, Bushmaster's uh, father also right. were trying to create. So right. or created and and okay, her father so, took the credit. So yeah. the question here then, Aurora, is. Did she leave the bottles for Bushmaster to find so that he could draw this conclusion? A hundred percent. Okay, good. Because otherwise, if you don't leave the bottles, you know, <laughs> no like point. how does how does he how does he know the symbolism? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to know that this man was doused in rum and then set ablaze. And then even if you were able to somehow deduce that, you wouldn't be able to know exactly which bottle of rum it was. So, right. you know, in order for the symbolism to work. You know, maybe she left the bottle in like a sticky note, like on the bottle. She's like, this is what I used. Note the symbolism, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, but outside, I don't know if she did that, but that's what I would have done, you know, to make sure that uh, they understood my, my maniacal point. Uh, but yeah, look, to me, like if Shades has a look on his face like this is fucked up, then you know it's fucked up. Yeah. And he killed you know- his best friend. Shades by the did. by the end of this episode, um, they end the episode at uh, Harlem's Paradise. Yeah, and uh, there's you know a band singing, and you see Mariah, and she's like enjoying like champagne or whatever, and you see Shades walking out, mm-hmm. but you don't know where he's going. I feel like he's gonna turn on her. Maybe. Yeah. And uh, of course, it's uh, Jadakiss and Faith Evans who are doing a song yep. that involves lyrics about um, about Biggie Smalls, and mm-hmm. she puts up the the Biggie painting with yes. the crown. That and it aligns perfectly with her head. With her head, <laughs> which is always a genius shot. It will never not be. Mm-hmm. It's, always, it's always like this statement with Cornell. It was like the statement of I am the, the king or whatever. Yep. And with Mariah, it's like her ascending. Like, yep. now the throne is mine. Mm-hmm. It's like this really cool Game of Thrones. Which Game of Thrones is referenced? <laughs> yes, by the way. it is. Was, yes, it was, is. <laughs> was it this episode or the next step? Or was it was it episode uh, 10 or 9? I can't remember, but... I can't... I think it was this episode. It may have been, yeah. When he's just talking to some... Oh, that's right, yeah, because he's talking to some kids on the street, and they're like, you know, why haven't you stopped this guy yet? Yeah. Um, and then one guy was just like, I would have just been like Dracarys. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells him something about how, like, this isn't like Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, Luke Cage just said Game of Thrones. <laughs> Luke Cage offici- officially watches Game of Thrones. Yeah, he knows he got the reference. So he mm-hmm. he must be a fan. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Good to know. He has excellent taste. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, it is kind of like an MCU Game of Thrones. Like, she has the throne now. She's taken yeah. on this, the Stokes kingdom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to end well. No. And that's why I wonder, you know, where Shades is going. Do you think he's going to Bushmaster? Mm. Or is he going to the cops? Hard to say. Yeah. Maybe he goes to Luke. Oh, that'll be even better. I mean, they have had some interactions where they almost kind of got along a little bit. Yeah, they they so, had a fight together where they, they worked did. together. Yeah. So it's possible. 
Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on episode 10? And if not, what would you give it? Um, it was a really I really enjoyed this episode. Like I, I wasn't bored at all. I loved every minute of it. It's just it felt a little off with, yeah. you know, uh, how uh, all the other episodes have been. But it's not a bad thing. It's just that it was like, what is happening? What? Why does this feel different? All of a um, sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, there's a a shift in the tone a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. But you know, it it had me hooked. Like I said, I had a really hard time not going to, not watching the, the next episode i really wanted to watch it um so yeah i i'm gonna give it i was gonna give it a 4.5 but i'm gonna give it a four just because of the weirdness of it <laughs> okay yeah i gave this one a strong four and a half i loved it um aurora i did something that i normally do not like to do and i try really hard to avoid doing it because uh, on this Wikipedia page, it just has all the episodes in a row, and I try to just pay attention to the episode titles at the end, but I saw the first four words no. of the next episode. <laughs> and it doesn't spoil what happens in the episode, but it is signaling something to me uh, okay. that, for me, as a fan of these Marvel Netflix shows... There is one thing that has stood the test through all of the shows. Like, one, they have, if they do an episode like this, it's almost a guaranteed great episode every time they've done it. Mm -hmm. And the first four words of the next episode, the synopsis for the next episode are, as a boy, Bushmaster. <gasps> so it sounds like a flashback episode, which, if you do a flashback episode about the villain... It's this, usually good. Going back to the first season of Daredevil with, for me, what is still my favorite episode of all of Marvel Netflix with the Kingpin origin story. I, it's, you know, it's a good thing we're recording this at daylight because that just means we're going to get to watch these next episodes slightly sooner mm -hmm. than after we talk about them. Uh, I'm excited to, to get a chance to talk about it. Also, uh, speaking of Kingpin, I hear he will be back for the third season of Daredevil. Ooh. Uh, along with uh, another villain, I'm trying to remember. Um, Bullseye? It's not Deadshot. Deadshot, I think, is from DC. I mean, Bullseye is from uh, Daredevil. Yeah, so it's Bullseye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, he'll, be in the, uh, he'll be in there as well. But, yeah, I'm a little excited now. More excited than I would have been. <laughs> knowing that we're getting... Uh, at least uh, it might not be a whole episode of flashback, but at least a partial. Yeah. It's always good when they do these. They, The origins for the villains are always so interesting. And you, it's nothing you really get to see in movies very often because nobody wants to see the origin of a villain, really. Right. Uh, the people want to go to usually have a good time at the movies. <laughs> but when you're doing a TV show and you can do 13 hours dedicating like an hour or a half an hour to where the villain came from is always good. And Marvel Netflix has been doing an excellent job of, of yeah. portraying those. So I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, that's it for this week's episode. Head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives and you can find us on Apple podcast, Google play music and stitcher. Just search for podcasters of shield and hit the subscribe button. And that way you can hear us talk about Season 2 
of Luke Cage on Netflix, episode 11 called The Creator, and episode 12, Can't Front on Me. 